M. Shin. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Nathan. And I'm Christopher. And this is Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing the film Kamen Rider The Next, Why Me? Okay, we're just going to get into it, apparently. <laughs> but yes, I, yes, heroes of the internet, it's not Jake Hambrick, as promised. Unfortunately, Jake was having a bit of trouble finding the time to record. So at the, not quite the 11th hour, maybe the 9th hour, eh, I, I got a hold of Mr christopher reiner over here he volunteered <laughs> as tribute apparently <laughs> because my superhero name is captain fill-in captain fill-in and i i i don't want to telegraph it too hard or too much but i swear the next time i have you on a podcast it will be for something that's actually good <laughs> like actual good common writer i promise do not make promises you can't keep. And I'm starting to think there's no such thing as a good common writer. I, I, I'm so sorry. At least with Black Sun, I, I was able to warn you a bit because I had seen the first handful of episodes. Oh, no, I think by the time you said you'll do it, I had seen the whole thing. So I could warn you. This I didn't know. I didn't know, sir. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched this before you. and You, you did. Were... And you didn't say you didn't say anything you just said um, I, I watched it I, I did my notes and my word and yeah let me know when you're ready i'm like well i'm still gonna watch it and then i watched it today and we'll get into it <laughs> and then I, I got the live reaction i couldn't do that to you because i did it while i was working security so while you yeah. were sleeping i was living through this nightmare now, while you were sleeping oh is that was that a reference <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> welcome to while you were sleeping too i watched common writer the next <laughs> yes exactly uh but speaking of that so we don't have to tarry any longer tell us what happens in this movie mr reiner Kamen Rider Zuneku Soto. Two years after Hongo and Hayato broke away from the evil organization Shocker, Hongo is now a high school science teacher and Hayato a socialite. While helping a troubled girl in his class, Hongo stumbles upon a bizarre string of murders connected to a pop idol so-called Cursed Song. This leads him to a deadly experiment involving nanites being perpetrated by Shocker. Of course! Now Rider 1 and Rider 2 must battle Common Rider B3, the Shocker Riders, a pair of horrifying Kaijin, and the ghost of a dead singer? Maybe? Oh, oh my friend. My friend. I I've heard mixed though general though trending toward negative reactions to this. 
But even then, I I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. This has to be. This is a sequel to Common Rider the First or Master Rider the First. It will be part of a new box set being put out by Media Blasters that will include its predecessor, Master Rider the First, Common Rider Zio, Common Rider J, and Shin Common Rider Prologue. All right, so like I said in the previous episode, we're bending our rule about only stuff legally available. We're just ahead of the curve <laughs> with this one. So you and I both watched this using a fan sub on YouTube. Please don't delete it, Toei. <laughs> At least not for a couple of months. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wasn't quite ready. And it actually inspired me to do something that I probably should have done in the previous episode which was look up more of the of the crew. I talked about the cast, but I needed to look up more about the crew who worked on this. And to my surprise, it has the same screenwriter as the previous film, Toshiki Inoue. And by the way, I did look up Mr. Inoue, you, Mr. Reiner, as a anime fan, and myself as an anime fan, we have already, and Tokusatsu for, uh, for that matter, we've already partaken of his previous work. And there's one in particular that's very important to you. Which one's that? Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball? Okay. He wrote for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Okay. I, I could. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of people who ghost write for Toriyama. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the manga, but the anime. Yeah, definitely the anime. And he's worked on a gazillion Sentais and a bunch of writer. You can tell this feels like sentai oh and he and he wrote and he wrote mechanical violator hakaider i just realized huh this definitely feels within the realm of traditional sentai and master rider and even power rangers and other takusatsu mm -hmm. yeah but oh boy <laughs> I, I i see if you've listened to the previous episode heroes of the internet you heard me sing the praises of master rider the first I'm not going to be that nice to the sequel. But here's the part that shocks me. All right. I looked up the director. First off, I would like to point out that because I'm like, what did the previous director do that is different than this one? Because it's not because I really, because I found out it's not the same director. So I was looking up their previous filmographies. The director for the first was a gentleman named Takao Nagaishi. And I looked up his filmography, and it's filled mostly with Common Rider and Super Sentai shows. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's pretty cool. And please, 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 Apple and the YouTube and the podcast overlords, please do not censor this episode. I am merely reporting facts. The guy who directed the very wholesome, I might add, Common Rider the First did an entire series of seven films in the 90s called Rape Man. That would explain the random nudity. No, 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 no. That was for the first. Not the next. That was the guy who directed the who directed the first. Oh, okay. Which shocked me. I'm like, a movie about the uh, about the healing power of beauty and heroism and all that. Like, what? Just just what what but i told you in a texting conversation that the guy who directed this movie has covered uh, has worked on things that i have previously covered and i really liked 
His name is Ryuta, Ryuta Tasaki. Now, looking at his filmography, he's got a lot of common Rider to his name, fair amount of Super Sentai. You know, he was an assistant director actually on Common Rider Black and Black RX. That's cool. He worked on several Super Sentai. He also worked on Power Rangers. Which season? Lost Galaxy and Lightspeed Rescue. Okay, two of the better seasons. Uh huh. And he also worked on the shout out to my friend Bex <laughs> of Redeemed Otaku. He also worked on the live action Sailor Moon. Okay, that that's where his downfall starts. <laughs> but like I said, he's done a whole slew of Common Rider. Like all, like he's basically been working on Common Rider for about twenty years. Looking at this list, like he's been working on basically everything since Akito, near as I can tell. All right. But here's the really surprising part. I looked at those are the TV shows he's worked on. I looked up the movies that he's worked on. All right. It's all common writer. Well, it's mostly common writer with one notable exception. And that would be, sir. Don't keep us waiting now. Gamera the Brave. Gamera the Brave. Okay. What so happened? I'm like, yeah. I was like, huh? The guy who made Gamera the Brave, which I absolutely adore. Go listen to my Monster Island Film Ball episode on it. My friend Bex is on it. We both adore that movie. It is grossly underappreciated. He directed this? What? <laughs> I guess they can't all be winners. I'm starting to wonder if this wasn't a situation where he was under contract to Common Rider. The first one back, first director backed up, like, okay, you're doing this. You would think that with his extensive experience, I'm looking at like in Common Rider and Super Sentai, that he would know what he's doing. And he certainly knows what he's doing at some points. And then at other points, I'm like, somebody just binged all of the Ring movies and decided to copy it. What? Well, that would actually make sense because if you look at this, the actual the Common Rider action and the Common Rider bits are pretty good or to good pretty good to really good and he does well with like the effects for the j-horror stuff but this is very much a copy of ringu so and I, from what you said he doesn't have experience in j-horror outside of what little bit of j-horror there is in common rider so he probably did just binge the most popular one and then throw in apple elements because i just I, th this was so weird this felt like this honestly felt like two separate movies one of which was common rider it, it's like you took a mid to upper mid common Rider with to a mid and lower mid J horror, horror movie and mashed them together, hoping it'd be at least I, well. Yeah, this, no, this it was such a mess when I was watching this. First off, the movie establishes very quickly, even though it is a sequel, even though there are barely any callbacks to the previous movie, it establishes very quickly that it is substantially different. And the even though it, like I said, it has the same screenwriter and most of the same crew, the director is apparently what really makes uh, makes the difference here, because it is incredibly dark. Yes, right it, from the get go. And you were commenting before we went on the air about how the first scene is clearly done with a hand cam, a very shaky hand cam. It, it would, <laughs> yeah, it would make the Bourne movies proud. Oh, oh man. Although that's not even during an action sequence. That's the thing. It's just during I, a domestic I, scene. 
at least Bourne can has the excuse of oh it's action you know they're trying to yeah yes but you're supposed to feel off kilter that's the theory anyway people have gotten sick of shaky cam at this point well of course then it could make make you want to feel nauseous after seeing her throw all that mayo on that whatever she was cooking uh, I don't even know what the heck was going on with that. And I'm just like, what, what? Is, and it's a character who doesn't come back. It, this is, this, this honestly does feel like it's structured more like a horror movie it, because it opens up with two characters who we never see again, who are one of them, I should say, is just there to die. It, it's like some of the weaker episodes of Common Rider or Sentai whenever you, you open up to a random victim and then they're never brought up again it's just a set of like, oh shocker or whoever's doing this the evil organization the bad guys doing this random bad thing yeah except except in the, most of the cases at least with the original common writer that's where i have the most well and i've seen black and black rx but you know in most of my experience with common writer if they do something like that it then prompts the other characters to respond is like well what the heck happened here or oh, did you hear about this? You know that somebody died last night. You know it it affects the characters at least in some regard. They respond to it, and then the rest of the story happens. This it's it's they don't really do that. It's just there as this the this first victim, and there's no clear connection to Shocker, no clear connection to the writers. It just feels like somebody was trying to rip off the ring. Except now instead of it being a video cassette that you watch and then a week later you you then you get a phone call a week later you die it's, it's you, it, you listen it, to really bad pop music and you die yeah apparently so you know be be warned people you know you listen to a bad pop song it's gonna rot your brain to the point where you're gonna die I insert favorite artist to pick on here i've did <laughs> <laughs> this is your warning swifties watch this movie see what happens <laughs> i wasn't sure if we wanted to go to if we wanted to go to taylor swift on that one or not because i'm like is why she not the, She's is running. she the is she the easy one to pick on now if it was yes. a, if it was a rock song it's nickelback but it wasn't a rock song <laughs> at least nickelback has made good music and they haven't ruined football <laughs> wow <laughs> the hot takes are coming fast but yes, I, I just I'm like wait jokes. a minute yeah but i'm just like wait a minute wait this is why is the, why are we getting this and then we get hongo and in the two we're told in text it's been two years since hongo and hayato broke away from shocker so two years after the previous movie and apparently a lot has happened and I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what in blazes happened in between these movies. Hongo's now a high school science teacher, which I can, I can go along with, but it's still kind of weird. The girl from the previous movie is gone. She doesn't even get mentioned much to my disappointment. Yeah. It, it's like the egg. Apparently she's in the X X land. She's no longer. And now he's flirting with a teenage girl and the awesome superhero from the last movie is now getting owned by and flashed by teenage girls. Okay. Okay. That's that first seat in the classroom. Yeah. How I would have been willing to believe that if this was like an inner city school in America, this might happen. How in the actual Christian hell is this happening in Japan with a high school linked 
to a university. It's like, it's like they decided we're going to start college early, and by college we don't mean we don't mean studying. No, we mean the partying. Yeah, this is a sorority frat house scene. Okay, uh, just and, what is even going on? Now it's admittedly, it's still kind of funny. It's still kind of funny because first off, I just find it hilarious in the day and age in which we live that Hongo is giving a lecture on the genetics of gender. Yes, <laughs> and yes. what makes something male or female, and you know, about about the exchange of genes. And then these stupid high school kids, and I have, as a speaking as a substitute teacher, I have dealt with this level of idiocy. <laughs> this uh, this girl gets up and says, "I want your jeans, Hongo." Pulls up her schoolgirl skirt, and everyone is flipping out, and they're calling Hongo dense for not realizing that one of his students has a crush on him. I'm like, what? This is not being dense that a, that one of his students has a crush on him. This is him trying to be professional <laughs> because we have a lot of horror stories, at least in the United States, about illicit things happening between teachers and students. So I commend Hongo. I, yeah, but I'm confused. Now, in the in Common Rider the First, did they mention that he was a super genius? Because here yes. he comes off as an idiot. They, he, one of the first scenes we see of Hongo is that he's doing stuff in the lab and he does give, he is shown later on actually giving a science lecture. I, well, I'm not trying to bring up Common Rider BS, but I do get, <laughs> there, there is a similar feeling in the relationship between Hongo and this girl, Katomi, the way that Common Rider Black Sun followed around Aoi and it felt like. The common writer, the main common writer, was more of an afterthought. I will say that I feel that as far as there's not a lot of character development among the writers, the one that gets the most is the newest writer, which is V3. But Hongo and Hayoto really get the sidekick treatment in this. They do. The writer sidekick? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Instead of uh, the writers having writer girls, the girl has writers. <laughs> I know what I did there, sir. I know what I did, and I'm not ashamed. I was going to say, did you do that on purpose? Yes, I did. Oh, okay, but since we're on, since we're bringing up Katomi, we're bringing up Katomi. I, first off, I will. I do want to give. I should have done this more in the previous one. So we do have Masayo Kikawada as coming back as Hongo and we have Hasei. Yeah. Hasei Takano as Hayato. He's back. And so you mentioned Katomi as played by Miku Ishida. I heard someone briefly talk about this movie on another podcast and he described Hongo in this as a, and again, please don't yell at me. Podcast overlords described him as a low key pedophile. I don't get that vibe necessarily here. It's a little, it's still a little weird. It is a little weird. However, Japanese school doesn't work like ours do. I have a feeling this is more like the, what we consider the senior year is more like their prep for college. Mm-hmm. So this girl could easily be 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. 
and we don't know how Hong, how old Hongo is because he's a university student. He may literally be like he might literally be just a few years older. I think he's supposed to be in his early to mid twenties. Yeah, but again, in Japan, I don't think that a seven year age gap or something is that big. Right. Of a deal. Well, and there's also a difference in culture and laws over there. Yeah, having to do with like age of consent and things like that. That's why you have things that are kind of, that for Americans seem pretty awkward with their anime when they when it comes to what we would consider quote unquote underage girls. But it's not a problem over there because of like I said, differences in culture and laws. So like you know, because those are made for people, you know, for people for teenagers generally. So the fact that they're quote unquote sexualizing. The characters on there, since it's intended for for an audience at the same age, yeah, there's it's weird and kind of complicated. So I wonder if we got we have a little bit of something here, but I don't think it's necessarily flirtatious. I took it as Hongo being at least that I took it. It was there. It came in several stages. I initially looked at it as Hongo being a bit of an overzealous, concerned teacher because he knows he yeah. sees like you're troubled and he wants to help her. He's a superhero. He can't help it. Yeah. So, and then it turned into, wait a minute, you know, you seem to have connections to all the weird stuff that's going on. Please tell me more. And she doesn't want to hear it. And then the more she gets involved with it, the more he has to get involved with it. Cause then he starts doing things like following her because he's concerned for her safety and he's a freaking superhero. Yes. Now to backtrack a little bit, because now that we're talking about Katomi, th this song that they play in the beginning, it's a curse song. And it's platinum, by was it platinum Kiss? I think it was what it's called. Uh, it, it's Platinum, platinum Smile. Platinum, platinum smile. smile. And the girl who sings it used to be Katomi's best friend. Yes, Chiharu. It's hard yeah. to forget that name because Chiharu. they say it all the freaking time. And, and because she does a real... The ending. We'll talk about that later. Um, oh but yeah, Chaharo's story is where is is what makes this movie fall apart. To be honest, that Chaharu played by Erica Mori. If if they had been a little bit less experimental with her story, I think it or existential or whatever it is they did towards the end, I think this movie would have actually gotten a passing grade. Yeah. But. I, I yeah, but we're talking about Katomi right now. Katomi is her best friend, and whenever Hongo goes to see her. At first, they think he's Yakuza. Plot is Yakuza. I'm like, he has no tattoos, and that was, so that should be your first hint. I am going to be very... That was a scene that honestly leaves me very curious how Media Blasters is going to handle it. Because the woman, the neighbor woman in that, is actually speaking Filipino. Yeah. And the fan sub actually translates it with a little note saying this is in Filipino. So the Japanese characters don't really know what she's saying. Yes. And usually... In a foreign production, if it's being subtitled, if the characters are not supposed to know what's being said, if there's a, a second language being spoken, then it will not be subtitled to maintain you know, the intent of your, most of the audiences are going to know what's being said unless they know Filipino. So I'm wondering if, this, if that will be subtitled because the fan subbers did it for us. I have a feeling it won't be, which is Lynn's credence my argument that I think these companies should hire fan subbers to do their subbing because well, they, they have do a bit. They, they have. do a better job. No, they have. Uh, Discotech, from what I understand, a lot, a, most of the people who are in Discotech used to be fan subbers, and I know Discotech 
or some of their tokusatsu releases at least has a, at least one of them they've actually bought subtitles off a of fan subber well that's smart because fan subbers are passionate they actually take the time and a lot of them have learned the language they're mm-hmm. they're fluent in both languages which kudos you deserve to finally get paid for all your hard work mm-hmm. yeah it was for space space sheriff gavin this discotheque bought subtitles off of a fan subber because they really liked his work and they they i think they said all they did was just tweak a th- something you know a few things here and there you know for like grammar that was about it so i like i said i'd be curious about that but you know so the, so the angry neighbor lady yeah i think they all think he's yakuza which is a reasonable thing to think except he doesn't look anything like any yakuza person you've ever seen they, what, they, they, it, what do they know yes one one is a foreigner one is a scared teenage girl who has yeah. very absent parents this is why i think she might actually be 17 because it's when you're 16 or 17 you're allowed to live on your own in japan mm-hmm. I, i've actually learned that from anime a lot because i looked it up because there was a lot of uh animes you watch where you see girls or guys living on their own and i looked it up i'm like no parents what's your certain age with parental consent you can live on your own mm-hmm. yeah but in this, if for her, it's because her her parents are awful. Yeah. Her, oh gosh, her parents are horrible. We never see them. She just says, "Oh, they're awful." They, you know, they got divorced, and then each of them married creeps. That's all she says. Well, with everything else going on, we didn't need that to be a something weighing the movie down. I mean, that is one thing about this movie: it never drags. There's always something going on, which it's, I think it's to its detriment because it's. I, I think it's overloaded. Yeah, it needed to be watered down a little bit. It is condensed. It is dense. That's what you mean. Yeah. It is dense. Yeah. Because there's just so much going on. It's mostly focused on Hongo. We don't see Hayato until, what, about 30 or 40 minutes in? And even and even after that, we don't see him a lot. Yes, except to make cryptic statements and to save Hongo, which is what Hayao did a lot of in the original series too once Hongo he, came when back. hongo came back as the main star in the show yeah but th- but his story is really confusing but we'll get to hayato in a bit i'm sure hongo is very different in this he is that's like everybody like the characters who come back they feel so different from the last one it feels very much like you were reading a fanfic it's like well what if hongo was the happy one and hayato was the brooding one which, in their defense, that's how they that that dynamic is what they had in the previous movie. Well, was it Hongo the brooding one though? Hongo in the original show was the was the broodier one. Yeah, and Hayato yeah. was the lighter one. But in the, like I said, the previous movie they reversed that dynamic because it's more like the manga. In the manga, initially Hayato was still under shocker's influence and then hongo had to break it i see now that confuses me further because they go out of their way to like oh the hongo says to hayato you're like how i used to be and then hayato says to v3 you're how i used to be Mm -hmm. i'm just like so now you're the more i learn from you the more confused i'm getting and i'm not happy yeah i think that's supposed to be a reference to it because in the previous movie hongo was under shocker's control for a brief time and then it gets broken because he sees the, he sees the pretty girl and sees some snowflakes falling, and because that which is a callback to when he was talking with her about experiments that were done on water crystals, 
and how you know when you would when people would speak positively and this is a real this was a real life experiment that was done this like like they're by a japanese scientist all right he's yeah, where he would speak positively to the water freeze it and then he noticed that the water crystals were more elaborate compared to when he would do the same thing but speak negatively to it so i think it's it's based off of that concept so that breaks the control shocker has which is goes like i said goes back to the theme of the movie about the healing power of beauty yeah which i remember you talking about that and ironically the following sunday my priest mentioned that in his homily well there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign <laughs> yes but the, hongo is different in this he is very upbeat he doesn't come off as intelligent as he did. He very much plays second fiddle to Tomy in this one, which, considering they're going for the J-horror, is not surprising. Because the usually a teenage girl leads J-horror and American horror a lot of times, just with different outcomes, normally. <laughs> but unlike Black Sun, Katomi is not the star of this. It, no. is, it is more of an ensemble cast. If I had to pick a main star, it would be Platinum Smile. The song, common <laughs> writer, the next starring the song Platinum Smile, huh? <laughs> Even the post-credit scenes, which I'm sure we'll mention later. Oh, did you it, know it, there was a post-credit? No, I had to go back and you watch did? it. Did you, it. did you go I, back and watch it after I told yes. you? <laughs> yes, I did. But, this but, Marvel has ruined me. I check every movie I watch now for post-credit scenes. I haven't watched Marvel since One Division, actually. No, I'm just saying, like, just because yeah. because of all those years I invested in the MCU, yeah. I check every movie now for a post credit. I, I used to as well. It's just it's been so long since I actually watched a Marvel movie because I got burned out after One Division. I'm just like I can't keep up with all this. I've gotten out of the habit there are of other reasons too. Yeah, but <laughs> I I just I got out of the habit of checking for post credit scenes. I think they're starting to, outside of Marvel. They're not while they were fashionable for a while. I think they're starting to get go by the wayside. A bit, which I'm kind of glad because there's a lot of credits to set through now. That's why I always check online first. Like, is there a post credit scene? And if they say no, I leave. <laughs> yes, yes, quite. But ha -ha. <laughs> yes, quite. Yes, quite. We got it in, sir. We're meeting the <laughs> we're meeting the contractual obligations. Ha <laughs> ha! They have been fulfilled. Okay, let's stop crossing over catchphrases. All no, right. sir. We will never do that. <laughs> it's on one big melting pot. It, at this point, yeah. But yes. anyway, so Katomi. <laughs> Katomi, she's actually a very interesting character. I like her a lot. She's actually, she helps keep this from being a nihilistic show because she actually clings to hope in it. That's the other part that irritates me. If I may, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how, if we talked about tone, this movie's also incredibly different thematically. It is a much more dour than yes. the previous film like i said the previous movie is about the healing power of beauty and how that affects things like heroism and in this one yeah it doesn't it it doesn't sink into it nearly as much as black sun does that's our new favorite whipping boy at this point yes but it is it is yeah but it is so much more depressing than the previous movie 
it is so much more depressing. Like it, it kind of flies in the face of it because again, we'll get it. We'll unpack it a bit more later, but it, the movie, the big dramatic finish in this in terms of the character stuff is V3 has to kill his own sister because she said, because she told him to the implication being I have become a horrible, ugly monster. Just end me end my suffering. It it's arguably pro euthanasia. I am just saying, <laughs> yes, I went there. We're not giving away spoilers people because this ending is very convoluted, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Now I am curious since we're, I'm curious to find out if, this story ties it all in with what happened in the show V3 because I have no experience with V3 the, whatsoever. I've seen a couple of episodes of V3. If I've seen the first couple, the two monsters that are in this, the two new ones that I was flipping out over, I found that their names are Chainsaw Lizard. Yes, Chainsaw Lizard. When and, I saw uh, that, Jaguar when I saw Man. that pop up, when I saw like she just whips out this chainsaw of like. Final Wars Geigen much? And then and then I and then my next thought was Chainsaw seems a little excessive. And your response was it's common writer. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, it's common writer. I mean with instant regen. She has yeah, instant she grew regen. it back. Apparently she could grow it back. And she she's nutty. Yes. She's nutty. And she reminded me a little bit of I can't remember the character's name, but it was played by was it uh, Janky? F oh, no, uh, oh, Femke Jansen? Was it Femke Jansen? And Femke Jansen and Goldeneye, the crazy, Goldeneye. the crazy assassin lady who was a freaky sadist. No, freaky masochist. That seems to be a trend for Femke Jansen in her movies. Yeah, she she does that a lot. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, so there was that, and then you had his name is Scissors Jaguar. Scissors Jaguar, not Jaguar Man. Scissors Jaguar. I thought yes. it was Jaguar Man because I, I because the original Kamen Rider is very fresh in my mind. And there's a ja there's basically a Jaguar Man in black as well. You know, it's Scissors Jaguar, and he's based on I forget his name, but it, he's based on the first monster in V three, who was a Jaguar. And I'm like, okay, I should have known that because I have seen him before. Forgive us for jumping around people with the characters, but this is a jumbled mess. And this like, is a jumbled movie, but yeah, the, I'm bringing I'm bringing all of this. Why was I bringing all of this up? Because we need to go to Hayat. No, 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 no. What you were you said something, and then I'm like, I was like trying to explain something. Oh, you were asking me, is it like V3? That's what yes, it is. Yes. No, I. So the, those monsters are from V3, but I can tell you V3's origin. While I do like it in this movie. I thought it was actually a, a, a very brilliant blending of two different things from early Common mm -hmm. Rider. It is not the same as the show. Okay. In the show, V3, I'm, I'm trying to remember the character's, the, the character's actual name. Shiro? Yeah, Shiro Kazami. Yeah, Shiro Kazami. Because he's Chiharu's brother. Now, I might be wrong. I yeah, might have played by it. Kazuki Kato. But I don't remember him ever being referred to by his name in this movie. He was once, at least once. well, not once, at least a couple times. But she, yeah. But anyway, he in this he was predictably made by Shocker. But in the original show, in the original show, he was friends with Hongo and Hayato. He got 
fatally injured by Shocker in an accident. And then Hongo and Hayato, in a desperate effort to save his life, made him a common Rider. Okay, so he was actually the first common Rider that was made by good guys. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's now that is an interesting take in V three. No. I, well, okay, and I stand corrected. It wasn't Shocker. It was their. It was their second rebranding, Destron. Destron. Which is just Shocker with a new name. It. That's all. <laughs> Plus, like it was literally the shock. It was literally the shocker leader saying, "Ha ha! I'm not dead, and I'm renaming Shocker. We're now Destron." So that's a second rebranding because it was yeah. Shocker, then it was what? Gale Shocker. Gale Shocker, and then now it's Destron. And then it was Destron. Obviously, Destron's not in this. It's still Shocker. Thank I think you. so far the only common writer thing that we want that the two common writer things that you've covered that didn't have Shocker in it was. Related to Black and Black's son. Yeah, where that, and in, yeah, that was the... Gorgum. What, Gorgum. Gorgum. Yes, Gorgum. Yeah, that was Gorgum. But they're they're kind of, they're just shocker, but more culty. <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah, which is saying something. But anyway, anyway, so that I can tell you, and I, I, I don't remember if there's a tie-in manga with V3, but I know from the show... Not the same. So, Hayato. We'll talk about Hayato. Hayato needed more screen time, and I don't know what is going on. Now, in the previous movie, I remembered this after I wrote this down in my notes, he did seem to be money because he had a fancy sports car and really nice clothes. I don't know. I, I guess you could just say he just had money from Shocker because it was while well, he was still loyal to Shocker. How you, know why they, you know why they don't explain it? Why? He's Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. I'm like, is he Bruce Wayne now? Where, yes. How does he still have, how is he able to be a socialite? How does he still have the fancy clothes and the cars? And he's the polar opposite of TV Hayato because TV Hayato was annoyed by the fact that he was surrounded by the pretty writer girls all the time. Now he's like, he, he's He's Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne. He's like, look at all the dumb bimbos I got with me. No one will suspect I'm a superhero. Well, is he a socialite or is he a hedonist? Because it looked like he was in a private club. I don't know. I don't know. It's just so weird. I'm like, what is he even doing anymore? We know what Hongo's doing. I understand what Hongo's doing. What is he doing? Of course, socialite is the hedonist what eccentric is to crazy. You just have to be rich to be the other. (laughs) This is true. So I don't know what's going on with him, but the main thing that we can, I can, I'll, I'll like, I'll put that aside. I don't understand, but I'll put that aside. The thing that confuses me is he's dying. He is slowly dying and he won't tell anybody. And there is no explanation whatsoever. It's just, Oh, guess what audience? I'm dying. Oh, and Hey, Hongo. At the end of the movie, like, hey, Hongo, didn't tell you this, but, you know, you see me coughing up blood in my rider helmet. I'm kind of dying. Don't worry. I'm actually immortal, but I'm actually dying. But Which the only hint we get is when V3 meets them and meets Hongo and Hayato in the bar to talk. After trying to kill them, they meet the talk. I mean, don't you go meet the people you almost murdered in the local bar? I mean, I, I do that at least three times a week. <laughs> we don't talk about this, sir. This is going public. Oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I played the fifth. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> this is hypotheticals, FBI. This is hypotheticals. <laughs> but he goes in there and he says, as you grow weaker, I'll go stronger. So I guess they're implying that Hayato's the weakest, then it's Hongo, then it's this new rider. And as he gets stronger, they're going to die. I don't know. I don't know. It was a bunch of Japanese bravado. Like, shonen anime Japanese bravado. You know, like Dragon Ball Z levels. All we needed was for V3 to start talking about his power levels. I mean... Yes. (laughs) Which I am sure are over 9,000. Yes. Yeah, you beat me to it, man. Yes. Well, I'll go with the correction. It's over 8,000. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, Kira Toriyama has gone on record as saying power levels are meaningless. <laughs> yes, but I went through the whole trouble of creating a whole system just to prove that they're meaningless. <laughs> that sounds My- like this movie. I created a whole system just to prove it's meaningless. <laughs> yes, common writer, meaningless. Common writer, meaningless. <laughs> Common rider. Your motorcycle is meaningless. Your helmet is meaningless. Your sister is meaningless. Your mom is meaningless. Wait, what? (laughs) Another name for this could have been Common Rider Honda because there's a lot of Honda motorcycles in this. Hey, if they're going to sponsor the movie, I'm not going to argue. I mean, no. To my knowledge, only one Common Rider's ever had a Harley, though, which is disappointing. I think I'll have to look it up. I think the hopper in this. It's actually a Honda CBR, which are my initials. Oh, there you so go. There you this, go. This is the closest name affiliation I'm ever going to get to anything Tokusatsu. <laughs> well, I mean, I share a name with somebody who worked on Power Rangers. So, lucky you. Mm-hmm. I have the most common name, one of the most common names known to man. They still haven't shown up in Reiner. No, Christopher. Oh, it still well, hasn't shown I was gonna up. Say, I know a Mark. There's a Marchand, Jackie Marchand, who worked on Power Rangers. No, so. but there, there's been no Ranger named Chris or Christopher yet. And I'm like, there has do- No, there's not been one. Chris hey, hey I had to. I had to wait until Beast Morphers to get uh, to get name affinity with a Power Ranger. And freaking my freaking co-host got two. So anyway, Hayato. <laughs> bad jokes aside. <laughs> bad jokes or bat jokes. Hayato, well, because he he tries so hard to be Batman. <laughs> yes, oh, indeed he does. Indeed he does. Now, then he gets a lot of the same kind of beats that he had in the fur in the previous movie. I almost said the first movie, which you know, is an unintentional pun, but <laughs> but he's like, I don't want to help, and then he decides, well, I'll help anyway, and then he goes in to help. Yeah, because. It, it also implies that if Hongo dies, he'll die because he was like getting upset because he's like Hongo was putting himself in danger. But if Hayato dies, everything's okay because spoiler warning: Hayato dies in the most yeah. uneventful. We said he's dying. Well, he flat out dies at the end, and the movie tries so hard to make it dramatic and emotional, and I'm just like, WT Henshin. Uh, it's just <laughs> which. I'm I'm confused. I wonder if all this socialite stuff was in his head, because if I remember right, I, I, yeah, because the women all fade away. Yeah, and they don't even notice that he's dead. I was freaking. I was worried about that. I was like, do you realize how traumatic it would be, even if you're a even if you're a bimbo, <laughs> for the guy 
to just spontaneously die in yeah. your presence. Yeah, that's <laughs> not that's not something you can ignore. I, I'm speaking from a little bit of experience here, which I won't get into to protect, but yeah, watching somebody die in front of you is not something that you can just ignore, even if you're don't even care about the person. Yeah. Oh, I'm around a dead person. This is creepy. Yeah. So I I think at least in that scene, all the women were imaginary. Yeah, I'm thinking so. At least that's... I think in the previous scene when we saw all the Japanese bimbos, those were real. But then, because in the same scene, he leaves to go to the restroom and then he coughs up blood in the sink. And that's how we find out, oh, he's dying. But no explanation why. I guess he has movie cancer. I guess so. Because <laughs> you know, that's the easiest thing to do, you know? Make him cough up blood and we just assume it's cancer. But then, it, but they just ask questions like, why does he have cancer? When did he get cancer? Why does he have cancer? Where does he have cancer? <laughs> or I wonder, well, but also he has like his veins are getting really dark. So I wonder if like maybe the belt is poisoning him. I don't that know. Was, that is, that's a reference to the manga, which they, you see a bit of that in the previous movie. You know, like I said, it's from the manga, but they're supposed to be scars that pop up when, you know, at certain points, you know, it's, as the basically they're there as these reminders of if you see it a lot more with Hongo than you do with Hayato in the manga, they're supposed to illustrate just the, you know the after effects of what was done to him. Yeah, you know, and they exist as reminders of what was done to him that that he's not quite human. So I don't know. I get the it seems like we're just supposed to infer that. Something connected to the cyborg surgery process is now killing him in some way. Maybe because he's a knockoff of Hongo, it affects him, but not Hongo because Hongo's the original. Which you would think that that wouldn't make sense. You know, if he's the model too, why isn't he better? Unless he was made in a hurry to try to make up for. I maybe. I mean, but they actually call it out with V three. Because it actually says on his belt, hilariously, version, version three, three, three. Which, which is cool. Which I do think speaks to, I don't know if that was the intention necessarily with the original show. Because it, it also sounds a little bit like like a car reference, you know, because, you know, like V6, except yes. it's V3. And it was the quote unquote third season of Common Rider. Yes. So. And he was the third Common Rider. You know, so yeah. it, 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 this one, they call it out. So he's version three. I, I guess we can move on to V3 now, because there's not a lot to say about Hado. He's there. He's a social. He's Batman. He's he saves the day. He has some awesome save the day which, moments, which we'll talk about. Yes. Yes, we, we will. will definitely talk about that. But yeah, so Shiro Kazami, who, you know, like I said, is Shiharu's brother. He has a convoluted yeah. backstory that I still can't fully unravel because there's a bunch of flashbacks in this. Again, kind of like Black Sun. There are just random, I think they're flashbacks. I'm assuming they're flashbacks. They get thrown in there, usually without any warning. And I'm like, wait, is this now or before? What's going on? Yeah, but the, the difference between this one and this is where I will give props to Black Sun the, the flashbacks tell a coherent story so you know what's going on. This, I was left confused. I'm like, okay, wait, so he was this beloved president of a company, but then like, he let soccer do horrible experiments to his company so that he could become V3. 
But I, I, I don't even know how that was supposed to work because they have this weird flashback scene where at first I thought Sharker was bu dumping a bunch of poison into the ventilation system of a building. Yeah. So they did that, and then nothing happens. I'm like, except uh, Chiharu was like, oh, I feel a little sick, and then she starts leaving. And this is before, if you think this is convoluted, wait till we get to Chiharu. Frick! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway and, and shocker's plot like shocker's in this barely like they even though all their operatives are in this movie their presence feels so minuscule by comparison but anyway apparently even the great shocker leader is in it because he's the voice talking in the background which is how it was on the show yeah but it's <sighs> They, there is a credit for the shocker leader in this. Yes. Go, oh, what is it? Goro Naya was the voice of the great shocker leader. If if I was going to make an analogy, shocker is. Oh, he, he was the he was actually the voice of the shocker leader back in the day too. Yes, yes, they kept the same voice. That's cool. In this, the shocker shocker feels like the force, and the its agents are the Sith. They're just more than. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Kinda. Use the shocker. V3. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Is that gonna be our episode title though? Use the shocker V3? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know how well that would work. But anyway, so they're dumping poison in there. The only one who seems to be affected is Chiharu, who just says, I feel sick and leaves. Five minutes later, everybody else breaks out in what looks like the world's worst pimples. And they die, except for Shiro and this woman he's with. They magically don't die. No explanation. And then Shocker comes in and says, we chose you. But I, I is she, correct me if I'm wrong, is she supposed to be Chainsaw Lizard? I can't believe it. That sounds like somebody's metal band right there. We are Chainsaw Lizard. <laughs> and the open. No, they're the opening act for Scissors Jaguar. For Scissors, no, Scissors Jaguar sounds like a hitman name. <laughs> I'm Scissors Jaguar. <laughs> what about that? Why? <laughs> or uh, the uh, asylum version of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> they combines Edward Scissorhands with Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Or it's Island of Dr. Moreau combined with Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Freddy Jaguar. <laughs> if we see an, if we see an asylum movie like this, they know we know they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You can have those for free. Yes. In fact, I, although I take no responsibility if Toei sues you. Yes. And anyway. if you mention if you mention us, we will see you. Yes, we yes. do not yes, want quite. credits in this. Mm -hmm. It's quite. Yes, yeah, quite. Anyway, so I don't quite understand what was going on there. And then he's all like, "Haha! Now I'm part of Shocker, and I am loyal to Shocker." Blah, 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 blah. Which I know so that part sounds just makes it more convoluted. However, V three is one of the shocker writers because the shocker writers are in this that is really cool so i'm like okay so they're introducing v3 by making him one of the shocker writers i like this idea and we were introduced to the shocker writers while they're walking around naked with their helmets 
and also and also Ch chainsaw lizard i because i thought there was like oh shocker's very progressive they have they have one of the shocker writers is a girl very obviously a girl yes <laughs> undeniably a girl but no yes. she's no she's a kaijin she's just yeah but she puts chainsaw, on a helmet. I, I, I just let this take it chainsaw lizard all right <laughs> she literally fights with a which my, my question is though in the in the first that did the kaijin wear helmets because she puts on a helmet no same with a scissor jaguar so no. maybe they were a they were uh, they they were actual mutants. It seemed like with with some that look well. Okay, I take it back. Some of them they actually did look cybernetic, but we didn't see them put helmets on or anything. So I wonder if they're to be supposed to be like some kind of rider kaijin hybrid potentially. But it does, like I said, it does play off of the aesthetic that we saw in the previous movie, where they did look more cyborg, look more because, mechanical because. When they get their limbs chopped off, they spark. But then when she she grows her limbs back, I I, I don't know. We were talking about Common Rider V three. He doesn't really have a lot of character. Well, he does, his character is mostly tied to his sister and him being yeah. His, there his, there are a lot of attempts at creating pathos with him and his sister. He he does the hero's journey in this, but he comes in so late, and there's so much that's going on. It is super rushed. He goes from being the villain to the hero really fast. Motive, go figure. His you know he he's like, my sister wouldn't like it if I did this, even though I've been evil this entire time. But then he was also good and made evil. I'm like, honestly, this story would have been a lot better if they if he had been the focus and then Hongo and Hayato were in the background a little bit more instead of Hongo being the feature because Hongo doesn't really do any growth. He could have been, he could have had less screen time. He's kind of like that background presence. They think for Hayato, that would have been fine. Hayato is a background presence. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying he could be like, because we've had their story, their story has been told a bit, but they're still active. They're still the established heroes. They're going to be the ones who tutor the new writer. This is very much an ensemble movie. It feels a lot like if you go into those all those ensemble movies that were such a fad around, I guess, 2010 through 2015. You just have a bunch of people in there. There's one that's a central character, and then you just see other people in it. Unfortunately, they give interesting stories to all these characters, and the only one that gets somewhat fleshed out is the one that makes no sense. Mm hmm. I yeah, I, I struggled with him. I do like the suit. I will say that I do like that. I do like what they do with the suit here. It's ba it is basically the same design, just updated and with a bigger budget. I'll, I'll talk more about the suits when we get to the awards. But mm -hmm. I, I do say I do like the suits. And V3 has some really cool action sequences, which will yes. have to park on the action sequences for a little bit. Yes, we will. There's not really a lot more to say about V3 other than he is the main character. Well, yeah. Well, no. He he's he is and he is the the protagonist is Hongo. There's no way the 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 movie wants you to think Hongo is the protagonist. Yeah, but he gets less. He honestly gets less screen time than the song does. So. <laughs> 
Are you? Am I the only one who thinks that the movie's trying to say something about idol culture with this? Pop music kills people. I. Well, and there's a particular. I think it's very particular to Japanese idol culture. Japanese idol culture is insane. Like almost any time I see it get brought up, it's either brought up as this vain thing that girls are into, or something that's kind of dangerous. Th- those girls do have to deal with stalkers quite a bit. It's yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, but yeah, the as far as characters go, we talked about Katomi already, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Let's talk about, I think, all the other major characters I think we've talked about one form or another. We can talk about the bad guys together. We need to talk about Chiharu. Chiharu, Who is our Sadako slash Samara stand-in for this movie. The most convoluted thing in this movie She's in a completely different movie. I don't understand this character. The only way I can make sense of this is somehow her body and her spirit are not in the same place at the same time. I don't know. First, okay, here's what we need to explain to you people. All right, this is how convoluted this is. Okay. Shaharu was an idol, a singer. Well, let's start out with this. First off, you need to know there are three Chiharos in this. Yeah, that, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. This is where this word starts getting ridiculous, and I don't understand what's going on. So, because she has connections to Shocker, but apparently Shocker isn't really doing anything with her. I don't think. Basically, she got infected with the Nanites, which was just so nuts. So it's like we're going from killer pop song to nanites to other things is just like the progression of this movie but so she got infected with the nanites that didn't instantly kill her like well semi instantly kill her like the other people because they died in five minutes horrendously they didn't kill her at all they They killed her her, but much later and that's if you can follow the flashbacks it's like a couple of hours later okay because she goes to a photo session Okay, and then she's like, oh, I feel sick. And then her friends are messing with her and they push her and they're like, they just shove her a little bit. She falls downstairs into a switch box because this movie has a villain with a chainsaw. So it can't do anything small. Where she gets electrocuted, her half her face gets burnt. She she lives through that. Two face. She lives through that. More Batman references. She barely survives it. They she gets sent to the hospital to get treated. And then the characters tell us that she was doing okay, but then she jumped off the top of the uh, the, the roof of the hospital, committed suicide. It's because her plastic surgery went horribly wrong. Yeah, because her yeah, her plastic surgery went horribly wrong. She jumped off after leaving like basically a recorded a recording as a suicide note. But then we we're seeing this in this bizarre dreamlike sequence with Katomi and because we she walks up to her body after she's jumped off the hospital and she gets up so I'm like wait 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 is this because it's a dream or is this supposed to be literal but then there were scenes before this where we saw someone in the sewer 
and the, your a hand was coming out of the water. I thought it was a man at first. I'm like, wait, is this like one of the writers or something like that? What's going on? And then you see a leg later on. Yeah. And then, the, and then this person slowly over an hour of the movie takes time to crawl out of the sewer while all this is going on. So apparently it takes days for her yeah. to crawl. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How do we go from jumping off the hospital roof into the sewer? So maybe she is dead, but the nanites are not. The nanites are moving her body. Maybe? I don't know because, you know, I don't know. So we got all of this going on. And then they're doing the stuff with the so-called cursed pop song. And at first, at first, I thought that this was some sort of shocker plot. Like, I'm like, this seems straight out of the Showa playbook to me. All right. Like, this is the sort of goofy stuff that Showa Shocker would do. All right. Yes. They would do preposterous, inexplicable plots like this. It's always willing to go along with it. It's like, okay, fine. Let's go. But I'm still not. I do think apparently it is actually a supernatural event. Is actually a supernatural thing. It is not connected to Shocker at all, because well, no, because it would it would have to be because Shocker was making more Chaharus. Yes, they would <laughs> find other girls and tell no, no, them, no, 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 "We no. need you to pretend to be Chaharu. We're going to surgically alter you to look like Chaharu," which explains why there's a bandage girl that keeps sneaking up on people and murdering them. When no. the song is playing, so like, wait, is it like, like that's the real Chaharu, and they surgically altered another girl to look like Chaharu, and she sneaks up on her while still wearing the bandages because this is a comic book movie, and this is the sort of thing you do. And she comes up and she like murders her, and then takes the bandages off. <laughs> I really hurt. And so the way my brain processed this by what I was watching, the the her manager Shocker owns the music label. Okay. These two girls. I hope it's called Shocker Music. Please let it be called Shocker Music. Let them just not even hide it, please. Then the two girls that were they were jealous because they said that Chiharu had changed and she needed to be humbled. So they were going to humble her by shoving her down metal stairs. So, oh, we're going to humble you by killing you. I don't think death was intended. Yes, but then she hits the switchboard, gets electrocuted, lives. But because she's horribly disfigured, she jumps off, and then the two the the manager gets the two girls that killed her or pushed her down. It's like basically said, "You owe us." Chiharu brings hope to people. Blah 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 blah, which is all a lie. May, I, I get what were they? What was their plan? Were they going to send subliminal messages through the music? But I guess the subliminal messages are fatal. But they're fatal because. Ghost Chaharu sneaks up on people and kills we'll them. We'll have to talk about the song as a character in a minute because the song <laughs> gets a post-credit scene. But <laughs> uh, apparently, they need her Chaharu alive to keep promoting this song. So they alter the girls. What? And it's just one of those things. Like, what interest does Shocker have with this? Unless the song is somehow fatal, they get the history's greatest. Like they have weaponized music. How do you? They have weaponized sound waves. Like. Like, you hit the right notes as this girl was singing, and, I don't know, you get a brain hemorrhage or something. What? Apparently, Lord Zed's in charge of Shocker now. I, I, I guess. This, this does seem like a Lord Zed plot, doesn't it? Well, remember the Radiohead Z-Waves? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So, Radiohead. 
I just got that reference. Anyway, <laughs> you just now got it. I don't like Radiohead, man. What can I say? But anyway, uh, I seriously thought you dropped an f bomb there for a second. No, you said not it quite. so fast. Anyway, that's not a yes, quite. That's a not quite. Yeah, yeah, not quite. <laughs> so they need they need Chihiro still to make this rounds and to promote the song. So they off this girl and what got dangerously close to look like, oh gosh, we're going to have to watch plastic surgery because the scalpel gets right to their eyelids. I'm like, no, 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 no. But this movie did get a quote unquote PG 12 rating in Japan, which is I, the way I've heard it described is that it's more than an American PG 13, but not quite R. I could see why, because there's some nope moments in this. Yeah, it would pro. I would guess this would probably get a strong PG thirteen. Now, the previous movie would get an easy PG thirteen. I think it's a strong PG soft R. It depends on who decides to pass the rating. Yeah, but the, and you know uh, what? And what was in their coffee that day? Yes, but these two girls, the first one, they they the two killers or the two girls that pushed her down, they get turned into Chiharu. The first one gets killed by Chiharu. So they do the second one. She lives, but she still looks like Chiharu. So technically, even though the real Chiharu is dead, Chiharu, the pop singer, is still around, which I guess that plays in the post-credit scene. But I thought it was supposed to be the it was supposed to be the surgically altered girls pretending to be her. I know, but they're still but as far as the public would know, this girl is Chiharu. Oh, yeah, as far as the public knows, yes. Yeah. Like we said, people, this is confusing. Yeah. And they do it twice because what because the first fake Chiharu gets killed, yes, by the real Chiharu. By the but real Chiharu, either we by who's either a zombie or a ghost, we don't know. If this is trying to be J horror, if the according to Japanese to Japanese folklore, if someone dies and holds any resentment towards someone, their soul will not pass on. And they will haunt people until the the grudge that they hold is satisfied, and there's no way to escape it. I, I'm I'm going to going forward. I'm going to go off the assumption that the nanites are moving her body, but her soul is still aware of it. And then her yeah, soul... because we have two Chaharus at the end of this movie. We, in other words, we have a total of two fake Chaharus and two real Chaharus. What? Well, yes. <laughs> 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 we, have writer Chiharu force. we have kaijin we have kaijin Chiharu, which is probably the only traditional kaiju because she looks mutated from the from the nanobites or whatever and then you nanites. have her spirit nanites nan- yeah, with her with her ethereal thready tendril thing which i guess that's how her spirit might be connected to the body i don't know but but both of them had it that's what I'm saying. I think that might be the connection between the two. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but the anyway. fact that we have ghosts in this and the movie tries so hard to blur it, I because I'm like, wait a minute. Why are there ghosts now? Are there ghosts now? Do we have ghosts now, or is this just some weird shocker thing? I was so confused because there's nothing supernatural in the previous movie. I think we should just name this Common Rider Confused because that's <laughs> Common Rider Confusion. <laughs> or to borrow a line from my friend Kaiju Kim, 
I am confusion. <laughs> yes. Maybe we need to get the uh, song from Turbo Confusion to play over the... <laughs> <laughs> if there is somebody out there who has made a YouTube video unraveling this plot, please send it to us. I can't figure this movie out. <laughs> There's four Chiharus. They're all weird. Two, the two fake ones try to kill the first real one, which became two and there's nanites involved and somehow shockers involved between her music and her body but apparently yeah but so she was she was at the wrong place at the wrong time to be part of a shocker experiment with nanites that somehow don't inst you know don't kill her in five minutes like everybody else but kill her a few hours later and also she works for a record label controlled by shocker and they have to maintain that she's still alive, presumably because they're responsible for the fatal pop song. Maybe, but it's also actually cursed. If I'm understanding the, maybe I missed something, but it seemed to me like, yes, they have a weaponized pop song, but also, yes, it's cursed because Chihuahua uses it to murder people. Unless Shocker has somehow gotten wind of the fact that the girl who died will have a very angry ghost that will kill people while listening to her song, but they don't want people to know she's dead, so they make fake Chaharus, and I need a flowchart! <laughs> I, no, 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 I'd screw, screw this noise, screw this noise, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, we're crossing the streams! Rentmaster, activated! Because I don't get it. Shaharu, the Shaharu plot is so confusing. I don't normally get frustrated. I can follow things that other people can't. I can't follow this. I have to say, the girl, the actress who played Chiharu, having to play basically four different versions of the character, should have gotten an Oscar somehow. Because that's a Japanese Oscar. I it's just, what even is this? What even is this? And then what makes it even weirder? So we, there's all of that stuff. That's just the rest. That's just the whole movie. I wish, I really do wish this had been one or the other. Give us a movie. If you're going to bring in ghosts and supernatural stuff, whatever, just lean into it and make it this weird supernatural murder mystery, which would have been so different from the pre from the previous film. But I'm like, that is fine. That is fine. If you're going to do that, lean into it. But no, it's like, no, we want to do an action packed common writer movie too, but we want to do the, 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 the supernatural murder mystery. Well, let's just glue them together. Yeah, this is the worst. Well, it's not the worst Frankenstein job that I've seen, but this is a pretty this is a pretty bad stitching. I have. To What's say. really bad is I had hopes for this movie because it starts out as that Japanese horror mystery, J horror murder mystery. I'm like this is actually intriguing. Yeah, or, or or maybe you you let everybody think it's it's supernatural, and it turns out not to be. It turns out to be you know some it's weaponized music from Shocker. All right. Which I have now. This begs the question, and maybe it's just the song, I guess. But then she kills the president of her fan club. Yes. So, so that now that brings up the question. Now this is goes into the rant master part. Is it Shocker responsible for it being cursed, or is it the girl? And then just shock with or Chihiro's spirit, and Shocker's just using this to. That's their what advantage. I mean. I, I I don't know 
if this was a case of shocker said we know how to you know, uh, to create a pop song that when you hit the right notes it gives people brain hemorrhages so we can weaponize it and then shaharu just takes advantage of that or if shocker's like well she's dead we need a stand in oh wait the, if she has an angry ghost we can use that to our advantage brain hemorrhages <laughs> i thought she was ripping them apart i don't know i, I just, I just well, here's the thing. No, I say like that's what that's what that if I was shocker, that would be my thing. Like we can give people brain hemorrhages, but no, they like get horribly mangled. And which how would a which is just begs the question: How could a song mangle somebody? Or 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 it certain people here? You want here you go if you if you really want to do a commentary and get topical, the song literally triggers something in people's brains that some of them will go on a murderous rampage for a, for like five minutes and kill everyone around them. But then you see, but then you have the, with the, uh, her, her fan club president where you see her hand, you see her on top of the car crawling down and then she's coming up through the dash. Then she comes out from underneath the seat at the same time. And then you just see the car explode with blood. And somehow he lives through that and then dies after Katami finds him. So I'm like, <laughs> and then to make it all the weirder, that's all the stuff that just happens before we get to the finale. Then we get to the finale. V3 is having an epic, epic brawl with Chainsaw Lizard, your next favorite metal band. <laughs> you know, and he Ryder kicks her. Or he's, they're fighting in the basement of this, it looks like a mansion, but I think it's like a bed and breakfast or something or a, or a hotel or something. He writer kicks her off to the side and in true writer, a common writer fashion, she flies off and explodes and he starts walking away like the, like the BA action hero he is. And then suddenly Chaharu comes out of the fire and starts attacking him. I'm like, hold on back up. Cause I have been thinking, it's like, did they turn original Chaharu? into a kaijin and she's actually chainsaw I think lizard she just came up, up out of this and then when i saw this i'm like wait was she chainsaw lizard and now she's like screwed up from the writer kick or something no because no, if you saw not. when she starts crawling out of the sewer you see at first i thought she was like did they turn her into a mermaid because you see that really big <laughs> weird long way leg and arm they did a good job with the prosthetics because she she goes from this really cute girl to being hideous so kudos like I said, when we said that she looks like Two Face, that is she not makes Two Face look off. pretty. <laughs> Harvey, you're suddenly pretty again. Look Harvey, at her. you're now the pretty, pretty princess. Here's your tutu. <laughs> wow! And suddenly, Two Face is like, I give up. <laughs> you have control now, Harvey. <laughs> I am cured. <laughs> it is a mess. I can't say I didn't have fun, at least. Yeah, well, yeah. But so you have that going on. Well, also, we see Chaharu stalking up behind Katomi, really. As Katomi's listening to the oh, music. She's listening to the song. Like, she listens to this three-minute song for 15 minutes, and she keeps freaking out about it, and she's just slowly sneaking up behind her. Slowly, 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 slowly. And then they, we start running this parallel with him 
with, with her and her brother who is v3 and and you know so we're building all this tension while the other two writers are fighting jaguar man and shocker goons and like uh, you know all of this stuff and then we get to this moment where she he starts having this um, uh, this emotional conversation with her brother and then ghost katomi and then ghost chaharu is going to kill katomi just stops you know and and then we have the scene i talked about where she says basically kill me please kill me please and then he does a falcon punch because there's fire everywhere so he's literally on fire but but he's but he's freaking but he's freaking common rider v3 he's a kaijin so he's fireproof i guess even though clearly his neck is exposed but we don't care about that <laughs> wasn't his whole face exposed at that point and then he put on his helmet before and then he put yes. on his helmet to but he's just fireproof apparently it's superhero logic i'm fireproof don't ask me questions this is supposed to be a dramatic scene <laughs> don't ask which would have worked if we'd had time to actually start caring about him I, I i cared about chiharu because she had a traumatic story even if she's not on screen she dominates this movie you do you do care for her she she seems to be a very sweet girl who was talented. People were jealous of her. They ruined her life. And I don't know if this plays into an assisted suicide thing because I think this falls into how I, I think what she's wanting is she's wanting a release because she she wants to accept and move on. But maybe because of what Shocker's done to her body and with this song, her spirit's tied to it, that she can't move on. And it isn't until Katomi listens to the song, gives her a little speech about how she's sorry she couldn't have helped her and all this stuff. And then you get the fire rider punch, the goat, the, you know. the falcon punch. Yes. Falcon punch. Until that happens, until she gets both a physical and mental release from Shocker. Uh, maybe I, I guess the idea is that until her body's laid to rest, her her soul is tied to the song. It will keep murdering people out of spite. But that is undone by the post credit scene because it's trying to be a J horror movie or just a horror movie in general. Because this is the sort of like ninety plus percent of horror movies do ridiculous post do ridiculous endings like this. So you got this poor guy. So we go through all of that drama. All right. That convoluted drama. And then we get a post credit scene where a guy's playing a masked writer pachinko machine with computer, with computer generated renditions of Fuji, of Fujioka as the original common writer. So there's an in-universe machine based on the heroes. It's always weird when that happens. And, you know, he's winning a bunch of stuff. The song is playing. Suddenly, and then suddenly Chaharu's hand pops out of his winnings, grabs his wrist, pulls him down. While, the, while we're still seeing images of the Kamen Rider and the Kamen Rider song is playing. And then lucky and number he, seven. This guy gets roll. yanked off screen and we are to presume is being horribly murdered. Or becoming the next and no Kamen one sees Rider. it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, while Comrade started doing his pose, out of like, what even is this? Why are we getting the happy the happy Easter egg while a guy is being murdered by a Sadako knockoff? 
which I do think that was actually from the original series because that suit looked more like the original than what was it in. is. Yeah. So, okay. That's what I thought. So apparently maybe this shocker got inspiration from the seventies TV show. TV's evil that, kids. Does music that mean the TV's 70s evil. TV show exists in this universe. I, so I guess it's saying music and TV is evil. Read books. I, and don't gamble. Yes. Don't be a degenerate. Read your books. Don't li- don't listen to pop music. Pop music wants to kill you. And don't flash your teacher. Well, she didn't get killed. No, but she got she got scared straight later. Whenever he stopped a car in a motorcycle, this bare hand each one he caught a motorcycle midair, ripped off the wheel with one hand, stopped a car with another to keep Katoni and, and suffers no consequences because even though he can't keep a secret identity to save his life, I thought this. Now I did think that this place was about to go somewhere really really dark when they kidnapped. They had these two boys kidnap Katoni because they wanted to date her. Yeah, I was like, okay, I. Honestly, if it went that direction, I would have sent you a message like, dude, I can't finish this movie. Yeah. You, you would have been like, somehow this got worse than Black Sun. I don't know how. Okay, well, let's talk about the bad guys. We've talked, we've already talked about Chainsaw Lizard. <laughs> Get over the name. Chainsaw Lizard. And then we talked a lot about Chainsaw Lizard. When she was first introduced, she looks like a biker chick. And I, I, I described her in my notes as... Where did I where did I put it? The oh yeah, I said, who is Lady Dracula, leader of Hell's feminist angels? See, you're more creative than I am, so I'm like, okay, so we've got nude writer. <laughs> no, that that's the rule 34 version. <laughs> Which it, it's funny that in Henchman 69, we're now talking about the nudity. I get you. Make your jokes, people. Get the, Just get it out of your system. All right, get it out. Get it out. You're 69, dudes. By, by the way, by the way, that Travis did not remember there being nudity in this. He told me he'd seen it, and I said, I read that there's nudity in it. And he's like, I don't remember any nudity. I'm like, how could you not? <laughs> of course, it's fresh on our minds. We just watched it, and it is brief. Like, it's probably for a total of 10 seconds for her and 20 seconds for 20 seconds for the guys, but it's that's how you're introduced to your shocker writers. There's honestly, we've really talked about the villains throughout this because they don't really get a lot. Yeah, of- we we talk. Well, I guess we said all that we can about Scissors Jaguar. I do uh, like the fact that he's really just a superhuman who wears a crazy Jaguar costume and who is apparently insanely powerful because it takes both the originals to beat him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know. And we and the shocker the shocker writers like I, like we said are in this. There's not as many as there are in the show, and the other difference here is that they all have the same color scarf. They all have yellow, whereas in the original show they were basically a proto Sentai team because they all had different colored scarves. How many were in the show? Because I remember you mentioning six, and there were six here. Six. Were there six? Yes, there was including si- there was thirteen V three. Well, with V three, there's seven. In the now in the manga there was thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Yeah, so he's still B three, he's just a leader. And then you got the shocker riders, which are copies of Hongo and Hayato. They just mm-hmm. have the yellow ascot. hmm They don't get much character development. They're there just for okay rider versus rider action, which 
the writer on writer action. Yes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well go there with this episode, man. Um, yeah. At this point, the 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 one who the what honestly the two kaijin are the most memorable out of all of them. Yeah, and then I guess the villain we haven't talked about much is the music producer, which all producers are evil. Stay away. Wow. Have you ever met one that you wow. thought was trustworthy? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, I technically I have. He's from NASA. How's a NASA guy a producer? <laughs> Listen to the film vault, people. <laughs> oh, I have an intrepid. I have an intrepid producer. That's because he's a. <laughs> that's because he's a universal hero, man. He's the one who trained yeah, Ultraman yeah. and all these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if everything he says is true. <laughs> He is the light. Yeah, possibly, possibly. He's. Pro I think he's got at least six offers, maybe seven, from different ultras who want to bond with him, and he keeps telling them all no. And, and he's probably fought off Shocker at least three times because they wanted to turn him into a kaijin. It would be and... a downgrade for Jimmy to bond with an ultra. It's like, no, I <laughs> I need to bond with you. You don't bond with me. I am the light. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Don Fry fact joke that I came up with with Kaiju Kim, where I where I said <laughs> Shin Hayata uses the beta capsule to turn into Ultraman. Ultraman uses the beta capsule to turn into Don Fry. <laughs> and the Don Fry uses the writer belt to turn into Jimmy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, cross pollination aside, I I there was a point, it was about halfway into the movie. I just wrote what in all caps what is going on. But yeah, so we talked about all of the we talked about all the villains. The, we've mentioned Shocker's plot in this does not really make any sense. It it really it. doesn't make sense. In the previous movie, it was pretty straightforward. They're just kidnapping different people, turning them into cyborgs. Hongo goes rogue, so they said we need to fix this problem because he went rogue. Make another writer. They make another writer to take out Hongo, and then he goes rogue. So they make more cyborgs to counter their problems. So it it's pretty straightforward. This is like, what is what? Just what? It's, I don't understand. I, I really don't understand. Scissors Jaguar, I think the most, he, he can apparently take a double rider kick, but a double rider uppercut is what does it for him. A double rider. Sure. You can. <laughs> Double Shoryuken! Or is it Raidaken? <laughs> Shoryuken! <laughs> yes, I will cross-pollinate other nerd franchises. You're welcome. Might as well, because there's a lot of... Yeah, but, but speaking of a double rider kick, the one thing I will say this movie has over the previous film is the action. Good Lord, the action is nuts in this movie. I don't, you might be able to find this out. And I looked, I looked, but I cannot find Koichi Sakamoto's name on this. But this film, I, like I checked. I don't, th I don't think, as near as I can tell, Koichi Sakamoto was not involved with this. He did a lot of stuff for Ryder, but he didn't work on this. I think he was busy on Power Rangers at the time. I think this was made in 2007. So, 2007. So, I think he was actually. Back here in the States, he was doing some direct... Oh, wait, 2007? I think he was actually directing 
one of the common writer series at this point. Okay. Because he's also, he's not just a coordinator. He's a director. Koichi Sakamoto has almost as much, is almost as responsible for common writers feel as Shinomori because he, mm-hmm. he, he definitely developed the action style to it. Crossover the power trip, the Kalish spell explosions. They're actually from Koichi Sakamoto. He's been doing that for years. He introduced him into Tokusatsu. It's one of the things he's famous for. And Kalish just let him go nuts. He's like, do your thing. And Koichi did his thing. Yeah. But wh- whoever did yeah, the action moment, for this. There is, there is a Super Sentai moment in this because Hongo comes in like a, uh, like a badass. He has this hero moment where he comes around a corner to confront the the bad guys and just explosions just start going up before he even comes around the corner explosions are happening and then there's a couple more as he comes around and it starts is barreling toward the the camera on his motorcycle and he hasn't even transformed yet i might add so he's like oh you power rangers you gotta morph to do this i don't need to whoever did this is obviously a student of koichi and they wanted to make it feel like his work because it does Mm -hmm. It is, sir, if you ever do a show about Koichi Sakamoto and all that he's done, I call dibs. I want in on it. I was going to say, I'm looking at his at his credits right now, and they go on for days. He's worked as a, as a producer, as a director, a stunt coordinator, and but none of those categories include, sadly, this movie. I really, I, I'm trying to see who was the action coordinator on this. Keep talking. It does include his a list of in his list of credits. Something you and I are fans of is Skyver Two Dark Hero. Yeah, and this feels a lot. The action this feels a lot like that. So, no, no Giver kick though. No Giver kick. No, just, but there's there are insane. It was hard to pick for special effect and best action scene and best action you know fight or stunt in this because it's it is nuts i love i love the first but the action is okay this one is balls to the wall and it is glorious <laughs> i loved it the the action in this honestly the action of this really elevates this for me and it was a breath of fresh air after some of the, despite the convoluted mess that the story turns out to be the action of this is such a breath of fresh air especially after what i've been through with black sun and the up and down action in that and then what we got in cosmic fury <laughs> right the the action is really a i would say you should watch this because honestly the story is so convoluted you'll have fun just going what the heck and then you've got all this awesome action it's you should at least check it out for the action because you won't be disappointed in that part. A uh, fun fact uh, while digging around trying to find the, you know, see if I could find the action director for this. Fun fact the guy in the post credit scene, his name is Yuki Kabota, and he went on to be in Kamen Rider Gaim. When did Gaim come out? That's not that, that's not too long. Kamen Rider Gaim was 2013. Okay, so not that long afterwards. Well, uh, yeah, five, six years. Maybe, maybe they felt like they owe them after this. I don't know. I, I don't know. Also, apparently the girl who played Katomi retired right after this. So this was her last movie. That's sad because she was actually really good. She did get a good performance in that. 
Yeah, but I can't find I can't find who did the action in this one, unfortunately. At least on the writer wiki. Let me I'm trying to dig around a little bit more. Oh, there's a sci-fi Japan review for this thing. Huh. Did did they mention anything? I don't think so. Oh, here, I found him. I found the action director. Makato Yokoyama? Yes. Who had... I found him on IMDb, and I can tell you what else he's done. He's worked on Garo. He's worked on... He worked on Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. He worked on the first. And Power Rangers Wild Force. And Time Force. And Lightspeed Rescue. And Lost Galaxy. That explains why it feels like Koichi, because he probably worked under Koichi, and Koichi was heavily involved in... Well, he's still involved in Power Rangers, actually. Yeah, and Turbo. <laughs> and the Turbo movie. And Zeo. And Mighty Morphin. And Zerum. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, this guy's got a pedigree. He's worked on Power Rangers, and he, he worked on a Fast and Furious, and Garo, Tokyo Ghoul, the live-action movie. Anytime, if you're a Toku fan, anytime you see his name, you should check it out because you're not going to be disappointed in the action. Yeah, well, he was, but here's the thing that gets to me is he was the, he was the action director on the previous movie, but this movie's uh, stunt work is leaps and bounds well, the, the above thing, the previous film. The thing about action directors is they did, can do great work, but they also have to follow what the director wants. So mm-hmm. if the director wanted it toned down, might have been handcuffed yeah but like i said it was so hard to pick a winner for this and i i will tell you what didn't win like there were a few things that i considered that didn't win what's that okay so uh, well one i kind of cheated and i i ended up making it that the because there was a lot of special effects involved with it as well so i ended up getting the win in the special effects category but let me see here. So, uh, well, like the fact that somebody's fighting with a chainsaw is pretty impressive. The one that I considered was, and this one's actually relatively low key compared to everything else, but it was in that first fight scene where Hongo is confronted by the shocker writers and by chainsaw lizard. I can't get over that name, uh, where his belt appears, but then he jumps and he actually goes off frame and then all the shocker writers all they all try to kick him at the same time and then as he jumps out of the way all their feet hit and then he lands and he has henchened in midair we didn't get to see it so that was I'm like okay that was cool guys although it started this trend of like can hongo only transform while in the middle of a fight or getting hit in the face <laughs> I, th- I think what they did with him is i think they've gone back to the wind thing but they maybe more like, but it's more know. like he had it's more maybe more kinetic force. He needs to be in motion for it to work because they mm-hmm. don't do the they don't do the calls or the traditional henshin. They do the henshin no, poses. No, they, they and they don't do that in the previous film either. They use the po- the henshin poses as victory poses, as martial arts stances, basically in, in victory poses. Yeah, yeah. That that's a very Power Rangers thing because Power Rangers. Yeah, which they do in here as well. Because in Power Rangers, the Henshin poses were reversed to be the victory poses a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the this didn't win. It, like I said, it was hard. There's that big brawl at the end with, with Rider One and Rider Two versus the Shocker Riders and Scissors Jaguar, and then 
V3 shows up and joins that fray for a little bit after, you know, like Hongo gets knocked through a window. He's flying through the window, but here comes V3 on his motorcycle and he catches Hongo in midair. And then the motorcycle goes into the window and then he like does his little Akira. They don't shoot it like Akira, but he does this little Akira screech yeah. you know, to a halt, drops Hongo and then says, well, I don't like Shocker anymore either. I'm a good guy now. And then picks a fight with everybody. Like that whole fight is just, insane my winner comes from that uh that final sequence right i i'm just saying I, i'm just saying the the action in this really does feel cinematic the first movie as much as i love it the action didn't quite feel cinematic this felt cinematic the the whole first fight that you see hongo in with the shocker riders and a chainsaw lizard that's a runner up for me for best fight because that is just a great way to introduce you into the action that is common rider Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like those were all ones that I considered basically. Like, because so, like I said, I if I'm gonna say one nice thing about this, it's that the action's nuts. Yes, and the suits are nice. The suits are nice, and there's and thankfully, thankfully there is precious little CGI work in this. It that's what makes it even nuttier because almost all of it's practical. The only real CGI I remember, and this is a test, if there's more assessment, how good of a job they did was the fire at the end. It's obviously yeah, CGI. Or it's green screened. It's probably green screen and CGI. Yeah. That's the only one that's obvious. So that's a test. If there is more, yeah. that's a testament. What a good job my, they did. My special effects winner. I don't, I'm still not 100% sure how they did it. I will get to it, but I'm still not sure how they did it. And I think I can kind of figure out how they did it. I would guess it involved a lot of green. My guess is it involved a lot of green screen and wire work, <laughs> you know, because it's definitely an example of a superhero giving the proverbial middle finger to physics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take that physics. <laughs> yes. So are we ready to go into the awards or? Uh, unless you have anything else to bring up for the movie, I think we can move I into really the patented Henshin Men Awards. The Henshin Men Awards. These are fun little awards that we totally didn't steal from Monsters vs. Men. The shtick has been satisfied, but, you know, we really did. So they give these to some outstanding elements of the television show, or in this case, movie, that we cover in an episode. First up, we have the Henshin Kick. Horror, the best stunter fight scene. We were already talking about the action work in this. Chris, I may call you Chris. <laughs> what did you have? Well, my I mentioned one runner-up was Hongo was the first fight with Hongo and the riders. Another runner-up was Takeshi stopping a car motorcycle with his bare hands. That was pretty cool. But what went it for me was the rider kick into the van. <laughs> that was just I'm like, okay. That that was that was your big dang hero, <laughs> you know. That's that was Marvel worthy epic right there. Just <laughs> rider kick, boom. <laughs> yeah, mine was to a sequence. It was the motorcycle chase between Hongo and the Shocker Riders that has just crazy stunt work and pyrotechnics because there's there like there's a point where they're trying to shoot like that's like five or six of them chasing hongo and they try shooting at him with what i think i think they're supposed to be darts like exploding darts they look like laser beams but they throw them at and he deflects them with his hands 
and then they fall back and then explode. So you just see these explosions happening in between them as they're chasing them. And then he's like jumping off the motorcycle, holding onto the handlebars and kicking a rider or one of the shock riders off his motorcycle or like punching one off and, you know, get, you know, not quite sitting on cyclone and it's just nuts. And then it ends with V3 showing up and trying to pick a fight with him and knocking him off. And then, and then Hayato comes in and, and gets them all to leave. And, you know, so it's, the whole sequence was just gold. Because the first fight scene with the Shocker Raiders, I'm like, okay, that's pretty on par with what we saw in the previous movie. This one, I'm like, oh, you you up the ante. <laughs> I've, no, I've known you long enough. But that was going to be one of my runners up. I'm like, I have a feeling Nate's going to pick that. Yeah, that, but there, like I said, there was so much good, there was so much good stuff to, to pick from. Like, if you like action, you'll enjoy this. The, the, the story is borderline nonsense, but the action and the effects are really good. They're, they are fantastic. It's fantastic. Speaking of effects, I think it's time for some talking toku. Yes, for some talking to for best special effect. What did you have? I'm torn. The wire work in this was very good. It worked well with what they were doing. It worked well with the action, the costumes. This is the first time I really enjoyed the early rider uniforms. It looks like an actual motorcycle outfit. Even the chest plate, they do a better job making it look like it's uh, one of those chest protectors that motorcyclists wear. As opposed to an umpire chest protector. Yes, it, it, it looks looks really good. The they made the wings on the back of Hongo really, really dark, so it's hard to make them out, but they're still there to pay homage to it, so it doesn't stand out and look as weird. They made the scarf on Hayato look like the wings, but that didn't win it, neither did the wild work. And my runner-up would be the horror in this. There's a lot of really nope and oh moments, like when the girls are Wait. crawling out and grabbing like when the girls are growing out. Oh, you say, oh, horror. I'm like, horror. horror. Yes. And it's like, wait, what? No, no, we're not talking about chainsaw. We're not talking about chainsaw legs. So we're talking about the horror. Chainsaw lizard, your fa new favorite super skank. Yes. No, the horror when the girls are crawling out, like in the car scene, when they're actually crawling out. I'm like, no, 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 no. I I'm going to be checking underneath my car seat when I go into the car now. Thank you. But the one that won it for me for the best special effect, even though with the green screen and everything, was it was just awesome seeing a burning rider. Oh, the fire at the end. Yeah, I, I just like yeah. the way that they made it. It work. is nice. It is a nice image. It really that is. That is just like, okay, that is, it feels like a very, okay, he's becoming a superhero. This is, there's a lot of symbolism there. And I just really like the special effect mm -hmm. and, how, this, and how it yeah. worked out. Unfortunately, that is followed by some of the, of the little CGI that's in this because the house explodes. Yes. And it's not practical. Yeah. It doesn't look great, guys. Exploding house didn't work for me. So the exploding house definitely did not win. The other one, and this one, I came very close to. I really, I kind of wanted to give this to the best stunt or fight scene, but I think it also qualifies as just a nutty special effect. And that is when Hayato shows up during the, you know that the first part of the climb of the climax when all the bad guys are still in the big moving truck. Yeah. And they're transporting stuff around and he shows up not in rider mode yet, but he's riding his motorcycle and he comes flying up on the side of the truck and he, I don't know, 
he gave the middle finger to physics at this point. He just looks over to his left, kicks a guy, and magically moves himself and his motorcycle through the truck that yes. then explodes. Yes, that was good. That was very good. And I'm like, what just happened? Yes, Hayato became Thor. <laughs> I just, what just happened there? Uh, I was sitting, I studied that for a second. I'm like, how did you do that? I'm guessing it's, like I said, it's probably a combination of wire work and th- some green screen. That's the only thing I could think of because it was clearly not CGI. That was oh, that was a real dude on a real motorcycle, at the very least. Yeah, that was wonderful special yeah, effects that, work. It's it makes me miss the days before overabundant CGI. Overabundant, yeah. Thank you, Marvel. Well, fix it in post. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Also, pay your state. Also, pay your seat your computer artists more money. I also blame Michael Bay and the Transformers for this one. Except it kind of made sense in Transformers. I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna defend Michael Bay's Transformers, I'm gonna, you know, that kind of had to, you know. But anyway, next up we have common action for the best line. I will admit, I, I didn't find too many lines I liked. There, there were. It's, a not few. That, it's not that the dialogue was bad. It's just none of it, most of it just didn't really stand out. Maybe it was the fan subs. I don't know. Maybe the official subtitles from Media Blasters will be better. I don't think so. There wasn't much emphasis on the dialogue. It's more on this. This was very especially special effects driven movie. The two lines that stood out to me whenever the second fake Chiharu was started crying is like, give me back my face. Oh, mm. that one was good. And then, but I think the one that wins it for me is good for you. You're not empty anymore. Oh, okay. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was Hayato, right? No, no, it was Hongo. Yes. No, it was Hayato. Yeah, it was Hayato to... It was Hayato, it was Hayato to V3. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of Hayato lines that I considered. I, I, I considered, don't say such unsettling things. Save those for whim- for a woman. <laughs> it was just weird. <laughs> then there was one right after he saves Hongo again. He says, you worry wart, I am immortal. <laughs> I'm coughing out blood, but I'm immortal. Then he goes to dies. I, I have TV cancer, but I'm immortal. Anyway. <laughs> and, but the winner, the winner was a V3 line, actually. And there was a little bit before this, but he's talking to Hongo. It's after the house has exploded and they're just standing there with their helmets off. And Hongo asks him, what are you going to do now? And he just looks back at him and says, I will live like you. That felt a little bit loaded because it's not only is he saying, even though his sister's dead, that he's going to keep living. He wants to live like Hongo and be a hero. That's how I took it. Yeah, but then he doesn't say to Hayato, so I guess it's foreshadowing. Excuse me, no, Hongo. He says it to Hongo. Yeah, Excuse no, you, I think, Hongo. no, you did say Hongo. I was just saying, but yeah. he didn't say it to Hayato. I think Hi- the second time I said Hayato, but I meant Hongo. Too many H names. <laughs> yeah, so, that, yeah, so I like that one. That was the one I went. It's a, it's a nice little hero line with some with some with some added meaning to it it's a it's a meaty line it, it was really nice to get some good hero lines so okay all right so wth what the henshin for the craziest moment i'm going to mention mine because we've already talked about it because you and i are going to have to unpack this one i went with something different because i know we're gonna we have to talk about it. 
the ending to this movie. We've already, we've talked. Yeah. Anyway, my winner was the anti dead poet society scene with oh, the Lord. high school girl. Oh, she Lord. wants, to, she wants to catch these jeans. Yes. Yes. We get the double on. Uh, I, I don't know how you get away with this. Unless this is like the most ghetto inner city Japanese school ever of all time. Like, I'm sorry. You're first off, I have a hard time believing anyone would misbehave like that in class, let alone a girl and in Japan. Yeah. If this was an Amer a modern day American school, oh yeah, I'm willing to buy it. But <laughs> Yeah, and nice use of a double entendre there. She wants Takeshi's jeans. Yes. Because he was talking about how you need uh, different jeans that you need from the mother and the father to determine gender. Yes. So she's like, I want your jeans. Uh-huh. Yeah. And <laughs> poor, poor Hongo was just looking so dazed. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, uh, I would feel a little bit the same. Like what the fuck has just happened? Where's that girlfriend I had in the previous movie? What? The, the curse you, screenwriter! You took away my girlfriend! I don't know why I just turned Hago into Skeletor! <laughs> Who went turned into Skeletor at that, in that situation? Which I should mention, speaking of skeletons, I should mention that the Shocker goons in this continue to have their little high, cla their classic hyena yelps, and I love it. And uh, there was also in the Easter, you didn't see that, but the Easter egg, there was just some shocker goons that were wearing the gas masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did that in the in the previous film as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know what I have an idea what your what your winner is. Just lay it on us. The entire ending. What? <laughs> Do I need to hit the button for you? Not really. You kind of rant mastered already, but it's just it, it's. Oh, only... I, I'm like, do I have to hit it for you, sir? Sure, go ahead and hit it, cause <laughs> here you go. Rant master activated. You were live messaging me on this, and it was what I was feeling when I was watching myself, cause it's just like, what in the Christian hell is going on? Cause <laughs> you, you're supposed to wrap it things up and you're leaving me entirely confused. Cause we get four, 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 a goat, uh, her body, a zombie. <laughs> and then the fake one, which I, I, I apparently a cyborg zombie with nanites. Yes. And she has to die by being Falcon punched. And then she has to be released by, Somebody listens to her entire song, not dying and saying that they understand her or whatever. <laughs> so it boils down to a therapy session, a therapy session that ends with a falcon punch and a girl hugging a ghost. So a therapy session followed by domestic abuse or domestic abuse followed by a therapy session. I Which don't know. was already preceded by ex by manslaughter and horrible experimentation and <laughs> and then the only like well at least the at least chiharu finally got her peace and murder we we must oh, there was murder uh, there was murder after the manslaughter yes and i mean including <laughs> the post-credit scenes in the ending because we feel like chiharu finally got her release from this horrible thing and then all of a sudden she's back so now I'm like well wait a minute but is that maybe the fake i don't know well, you said that the that the song Platinum Smile is a character. 
this is your opportunity to explain this. Because the song plays such a prevalent part, the first thing you see in the movie is somebody dying at the hands of this song. Then you see people who listen to this song. It becomes people are talking about it everywhere. All right. Then the president is talking to Tommy. He gets killed by listening to the song, the curse line in the song. Then it's right after she records that song and it's at a photo shoot that she gets injured and then eventually commits suicide. And then the song is back in the post credit scene. The song plays a huge part into the ending because Tommy is listening to it and makes it through. And then t- says something that the ghost hears and then disappears. And that, but then the song is back and killing people again. So is it even linked to her anymore? I don't know. By the way, the song does, was actually, it's a real song. I, I've got the, the, an artist and composer here for you. Yeah. Ryu Kosaka was the artist and it was composed by love plus hate all in all caps. Yes, I did see that, and I'm not going to listen to it because I don't need that in my life. Well, you don't want to be murdered by a, uh, by a Sadako knockoff. No, if anyone is going to murder me, it's going to be my wife. After she hears the song? Possibly. If I made her listen, if I made her watch this movie, she may murder me. Yeah. Well, and then there was the actual end theme of the, sh- of the movie. It was called Chosen Soldier. It's really weird. I, I listened to it. While I was just flabbergasted by what I watched, I'm like, what even is this? Art, the artist is Issa, I-S-S-A. It fits as a common writer ending theme, but it doesn't fit this movie. Yeah, and we don't we don't get an, uh, like the original theme as an Easter egg until the post credit scene with the pachinko machine. Which is playing, oh, this very upbeat theme is playing over a gruesome murder. That you don't see. You just see the hand come up, grab the guy, and he gets pulled off, uh, pulled off camera. You've seen enough. You know what's happening. You, his... I, I, I can't even. Yeah. I can't even. Uh, it's just, it, just, it doesn't work. But now is as good a time as any to move on to our next segment because we only have a minute to henshin it. <laughs> this is where we give our final thoughts on whatever we've discussed in one minute or less. So you ready for this, Chris? Yes. All right. On your mark, get set, go. What the heck is this movie? I've, I have sat through things like super inframan and super inframan makes more sense to me. Yeah. This is not a, I wouldn't call it a bad movie. It is very nonsensical. This is, you can watch this and have fun with it. I would recommend it if you're just doing a night of bad movies and you've watched some really bad ones, this is a little bit of a breath of fresh air where you won't want to kill yourself after. <laughs> but I can't call it a good movie. I can't, but it's not the worst thing I've seen. And I would, yeah, it, it it's not, but I will tell you as a sequel to common writer, the first, unless you're looking for some cool action. If you like that first movie, this will be such a disappointment because Everything that made the original film great is not here. <laughs> this might Time. be it. Yeah, finish your thought. That's fine. But th- this, I could easily see this being on an episode of Trash Mountain or something like that. <laughs> I got you quite but, Okay, too. there was so much craziness in this movie. And this is just a, this is our post credits. The Watch. Your timer reminded me. The Watch. Oh yes, the 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 gift for the watch. 
The, oh no, the the watch that's a gift. And the watch that's a gift to the fake Chaharu, but that real Chaharu zombie Chaharu who's burning to who's burning to ashes after a falcon punch gets it at the end. But and, she also had it before. It was a gift that her brother got her, and then all of a sudden, yeah, because he was he said it was a gift to figure out that it was a fake Chaharu, and, and then apparently it's somehow magical because it took. Kotami back in time while she was still standing still to where Kotami, where Chiharu killed herself. So when we leave out something as weird as this watch, this it's just a further implication about this movie. <laughs> it only it seems only appropriate for one of for quite possibly one of the most disjointed movies. Remember how I said Shin Kamen Rider was overstuffed and disjointed? I almost feel like I owe that movie an apology because I have seen Common Rider the next. <laughs> I have found it's better. Shin Common Rider is better than this movie. I'm sorry. I will. I'm saying it. I, I, I will say it. Shin Common Rider is better than this because I'm like, at least I can follow Shin Common Rider. It's still overstuffed, but at least I can follow it. <laughs> this, once you, once you get past the hour and 15 minute mark, you start going, oh. I, I was losing. I, I was getting confused. I think about twenty minutes in. I well, just, I was confused too, but it looked like it was working towards something. They want an hour and fifteen minutes. Like, nope, they just got rid of all of it. They're just like, nope, nope, nope. We're done. Just done. But and this is longer than the than the previous movie too, by like fifteen minutes. How is there less? Well, no, there's less, but more. Anyway, I'm done. We're we, we're well past our one minute mark. So anyway, thank you for listening to Henshin Men, a Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Monster Island Film Vault and our sister podcast, The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. What do you got for us, Mr. Reiner? Well, I still haven't got much more on social media yet. I will be launching my podcast in January of next year. And the, What's the, it called? I'm still figuring out the name. Okay. But I will be launching a webpage soon. The first two series I'll be covering will actually be Rocky and Jurassic Park. Woohoo. And then once the webpage is up, I will, Mr. March has permission, I'll post on Market Light Lounge and in Legacy Group, the name of it. And Power Rangers Legacy. Yeah, Power Rangers Legacy. And then I'll have a website where if you have questions that you want to address about either Rocky or any of the things that have coming up, I'll have a thread where you can ask the questions. I'll try to answer them. All right. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. Until next time, what are we going to say, Chris? Next time, may common V3 be the charm. <laughs>